you can be the best you can be by making the most of every opportunity in your life through hard work and sincerity. Ugh, I cannot wait for you to hear the words of wisdom from my next guest. I get so thrilled when I can talk to people around the world because I miss them so much. I can't wait till we're back at it and traveling around the world. But to be able to connect with them virtually and share their words to inspire you, mm, it's so exciting. It's so thrilling. You know, I'm sitting here today. I have not been down to the beach in over two years. And the last time I was here, I had a neck injury and I wasn't able to really do a lot. So it's been three years before I could walk and run on the beach and bike and spend time with some great gals. And I was thinking about that. And sometimes we go away, but then we start thinking, oh, when I get back, I have to do this. And when I get back, I have to do that. And we don't take advantage of that moment, of that opportunity right? And I decided no way I was going to truly enjoy the beach, the feeling I get. And though four women I was with, listen to their words, be inspired by them. Take advantage of the opportunity I was given because I was invited at the last minute to go to the shore with these gals. And at first I was like, well, I got this, I got that, I got this. I'm like, wait a minute. We've learned we can do most of what we do anywhere. I bring my laptop. Here we go. And I sat back for a split second and said, Sandy, you go. So what I do? I'm making the most of this opportunity. Taking in the ocean, the breeze, just relaxing, and I'm going to bring it home with me. In addition to listening to these amazing women and all they have to offer. So that's what I want for you, my Let's Keep It Real people. Take it all in. Listen to my next guest. And I promise you, you and your kids will be inspired. As always, I really appreciate you listening. Be sure to share, like, rate, and support on Patreon. Until next time. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Oh my goodness, my let's keep it real people. I've been so excited. I know I've been chatting up this woman, asking you for questions for her before she came on. Ugh, my heart pitter patters because I know I love the fact that she's in Dubai and it's 9 p.m. there. And while we're recording, it's 1 p.m. here. But before I bring Dr. Miriam Shake on, let me tell you about her. Dr. Miriam is an eminent professional in the education field based in UAE with over 35 years of experience and continued success. Her expertise covers student recruitment, marketing, strategic development, international relations, and student experience. 
She has held key positions in reputed and prominent universities in UAE and has worked actively to draw aspiring students looking to pursue further studies from all around the world to Dubai. Welcome, Dr. Miriam. I'm so excited. Thanks for doing it at night. Thank you so much, Sandy. I mean, your voice itself is resonating with energy. That's what I love. (laughs) It's going to be a great evening. (laughs) You know, what's funny is my voice from teaching so many fitness classes. I used to have this really soft voice and now I sound like a smoker, but people seem to like it. So it works, you know. Let me tell you a little bit about my voice. My family always tell me to keep it down. You see, I was principal of a school where there were 7,000 students. And we always held our morning assembly outside in a big field. So my voice is automatically loud because I never had a mic and I had to speak to 5,000 students every morning. So bear with me if I'm a bit extra loud. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Well, they always have to turn down the mic for me. They'll turn down the mic for you. My, my neighbor always says, when I say, did you hear that? She's like, Sandy, the whole neighborhood can hear you. I'm like, okay. All right. So before we get started, I always ask my guest, if you could say one word, whatever it is, that most describes your past 30 days? What would that word be, Miriam? One word is empowerment. Empowerment. Okay, now that's a great word. Why empowerment for you? So, uh, especially uh, for the past three weeks, I've been involved in multiple events. Uh, My main event, which is still ongoing, is I am leading activities which are scheduled around Dubai Art Week. This is a very famous one week which takes place in Dubai, in the Dubai International Financial Center. And I am leading student activities, so giving students an opportunity to come there and paint on a canvas based on two different themes. One is the Dubai Plan 2021, and the other is the Mars Probe. So every day I'm seeing these passionate students, you know, showcasing their talent. And as I say, yeah, yeah, this is what keeps me alive. This is what brings all the positivity into me. I love to see the way these students are painting away from 11 in the morning to 7 p.m. at night. And tomorrow is the finale. Oh my gosh, tell me they're gonna be posted. I would love to see what they paint. Are they gonna post some of the paintings? Oh yeah, I have already been posting some uh, while the painting is in progress at the uh, DIFC. So I've been uh, posting these pictures as they develop on LinkedIn. So you can check out my LinkedIn, yes, yes. Great. And so tomorrow is the prize distribution when we will announce uh, the winners. And there is a surprise for them, Sandy, which I'd love to share with you. Yeah. So I got two scholarships of 40% discount from Heriot Watch University, which is the largest university here in Dubai. Oh my goodness. 
They must be freaking out. I can't wait to see you know, Oh my, someone's got to video their faces when they win. You know what I mean? That's huge. <laughs> so uh, the university has been very generous by providing these scholarships and especially more so because they are moving into their brand new multi-purpose canvas, which, you know, kind of a campus which can house over 5,000 students. Oh, oh, how cool. How cool to be a part of that. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And to go on with that word, I've been empowering women as well because it is my dream to, you know, share my experience, share whatever I've learned so that the younger women can benefit from that. And I would like to give them access to incubators, those who are starting out as entrepreneurs. Woohoo! The past few weeks has been all empowerment. And yeah. to top it all, I got two awards. One was the She Awards, and the other was the uh, Global Health Awards uh, for, um, uh, for excellence in mental stress. In mental stress? Heck, we need that now, Miriam. <laughs> yes, you're right, Sandy. That's exactly what I did in my period of lockdown. So I was locked down in India for seven months when it was so depressing. And you can imagine a person as social as I am. I was yeah. claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be out, man. I got to get out. So what were you doing in India? So um, it's a funny story, Sandy. Uh, I retired from my uh, final position as a vice president, Amity University. And I thought to myself that now let me go back after these 35 years to my hometown, Mumbai, India, uh, where obviously I have a home, I have an art gallery, I have so much of business going on. So I said, it's about time I head back home. Unfortunately, 20 days within my arrival, lockdown was announced for COVID and it was the strictest lockdown ever. We could not even go to beyond our building because the security would stop us. It became very, very scary. So it, it, everybody was getting depressed. Students were reaching out to me. So I kind of created a platform where students from different nationalities from around the world could meet via Zoom and speak about what they were feeling. And they were not able to get to their universities in different parts of the world. So there was a lot of depression. We had six people who committed suicide in our vicinity itself. Oh, wow. Oh, gut-wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. So I was available to everybody, if I may say, at least 18 out of the 24 hours. So I guess that dedication was recognized yes. uh, as yes. uh, students gave a lot of testimonials talking about how happy they had been with interactions, you know, not only mine, but the other counselors I brought on board, as well as students from around the world. So they felt very connected. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Miriam, that's awesome. I mean, not awesome that you were in lockdown over there, but awesome that you took a situation and created something to help so many people, you know? So I did not know you were from India. Yeah, very much. I know everybody thinks I'm Arab. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what made you go to Dubai? 
oh my god like 35 years ago uh that was when i was newly married and i actually come from a very influential business family so my parents wanted me to take over the family business uh we had a, a firm known as stag brand umbrellas established in 1860 one of the oldest and most prominent umbrella manufacturers in india mm. but uh, and my brother chose to go to the us where he is still currently and he's a chancellor professor in university of california irvine oh, okay so uh, both of us decided not to go the business route and uh, made education our area of interest <laughs> okay how did the parents feel about that oh they were very angry especially my dad who kind of thought that i was the one who would definitely take the business forward but uh, my husband got a position as a manager of kuwait airlines based in dubai so okay. as we as we were newly married of course i accompanied him yeah and i'm sure you love it there now oh i can't tell you sandy this is home to me because i've been here for so long 35 years yeah. and counting so actually when i go back to india i feel a bit disconnected it's a different work culture it's a different everything is different yeah yeah i'm sure it is that's a long time 35 years yes that's a very long time it's a lifetime i guess mm. okay so what's your favorite thing about dubai oh my god i love dubai because of the energy and the leadership is so supportive to women i do believe that first of all uh, you know being a woman and an expat uh, in dubai i would never have, have had all the opportunities that i had to rise so quickly uh, you know in my professional career had it not been for the visionary leadership that actually believed so strongly in women and even now insists that there should be a, a woman uh, on every as, as a board member in every company so that kind of visionary leadership is very encouraging for people like me i bet it is okay so we got to go back a little bit why did you want to switch gears and go into education instead of staying in the family business and being an entrepreneur yes so uh, as i said i moved to dubai and when i came to dubai obviously there was no way that i could handle the family business there was nothing like there was no social distancing there was no covid there was no uh, there was not uh, too much of internet accessibility and oh things. that's true that's true yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. so i could not do anything from dubai but it started in education is because when i came to dubai 35 years ago it was really nothing more than a fishing village uh, desert all around the tallest building is probably the the smallest tower today so um uh, we we were posted in one of the emirates known as rasul khaima and uh, my uh, my daughter was 3 years old and i was desperately looking for a preschool or a nursery school to enroll her in but okay. there was nothing like that available in rasul khaima so i thought to myself uh, you know i'm educated enough and why not that i start my own preschool so that was a pioneering oh move <laughs> yeah so i started it in my backyard with five kids from my neighbors 
And after that, we reached 100 students within three months. And I got awarded <laughs> as the best nursery school in Russell Kerma. And after that, it was such a pioneering move for Russell Kerma that a lot of nurseries sprung up looking at my success. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Look, you know, from a need you had for your kid, you're like, it's not there. I'll do it. Why not? You know? <laughs> so after I had about 10 kids, my husband said, clear out. you got to get yourself a, your own villa, a huge one. And we called it Sunflower Nursery. And we grew yellow sunflowers all around oh. the front and backyard. So it was oh. quite a treat. <laughs> mm. Okay. I'm, I'm like envisioning this, like the beautiful sunflower. I love sunflowers. I okay. do too. Okay. All right, now take us forward. Then what? Because you, you know, you said you went on to become a principal. Yes. So uh, after that, well, my daughter was done with uh, uh, her uh, preschool and uh, my nursery was running very successfully. But again, it was my husband. He was transferred from one Emirate to another. So from Russell Kema to Sharjah. And I had to sell my nursery school uh, very reluctantly because it was still too far the commute like two hours to go up and down on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. So I decided, okay, now let me look at something here. And I uh, got an opportunity to do to be principal of a girls' school, which at that time had 1,800 students. So in five years' time, I made them grow to 7,000 students. And that's why I said earlier that I had to do assembly yeah, with yeah, 7,000 yeah. students. Yeah. Oh my, wait, so you, did you say it had 700 at the time? I started with 1800, brought it up to 7,000. Oh, 1800. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, student outreach and to bring in students from across uh, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka and other places. That's incredible. It's incredible. So when did you stop that? So, um, again, it was my son this time now. So my son was ready to go to university. And, of course, we were both working professionals. I was headmistress of a school or principal, as you may call it. Yeah. And my husband was a manager in an airline. But the salaries in Dubai were very low. I did a complete research on universities. And I found this small university, University of New Brunswick, on the east coast of Canada for my son. His, uh, okay. yeah, he always wanted to be a doctor. And this was one of the universities I found, which was affordable for us as parents. And um, uh, also the fact that it had a very strong free medical program. Oh. Yeah. So when I went to uh, St. John, New Brunswick, to drop my son off as it was his first travel outside of Dubai. Yeah. I was sitting there waiting in the registrar's office and she told me that, Mariam, you are the first person to come here from UAE. How did you find out about us? Yeah. Yeah, so I said, yeah, you're telling me it was really hard. I did a lot of research. I looked into 400 universities in the US and Canada, and finally found this, which I thought would suit us, you know, uh, in terms of being cost effective, as well as have the program that my son wanted. 
So she said, hold on, don't leave this office. Just stay here. I'm getting you a cappuccino. And I said, sure, <laughs> cappuccino I can wait. <laughs> and uh, she went up and she brought the vice president of the university. And oh I goodness. was like taken aback. And I said, yes, how can I help you? And he said, Mariam, if you can do this, you can bring our students from the UAE. And that was the next pioneering move. That was the first, like, um, uh, you know, University of New Brunswick, Canada was the first office, a foreign office to establish itself in Dubai to recruit wow. from this region for Canada. Wow. What year was that, Miriam? Uh, 2020. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Not 2001. 2001. Okay. Yes. Sorry. I was going to say 2020. That just happened. <laughs> 2001. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. All right. So now, whew, this is this is good stuff. Just from sitting there in the freaking office and knowing that your ability, they're like, we want you to do this. And you're like, okay, great. Unbelievable. Sandy, I have yeah. Sorry, I want to tell you something really funny. Nobody knew New Brunswick, only I did. So I, I was sitting in this office in Dubai where I had a big map behind me and I used to show the students and their parents that look, this is Toronto and this is where New Brunswick is. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so now there you are doing that. Now move us a little bit forward. Then what happens? Okay. So I ran that office very successfully for eight years. I sent hundreds of students to University of New Brunswick in Canada. And I was, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, had a lot of good uh, recommendations from the Canadian High Commission, the Canadian Embassy. And uh, so the university decided then to join hands with the Canadian University of Dubai and offer their programs through the big campus, which was located on Sheikh Zayed Road. Okay, that's huge. Yeah, so we joined hands. And obviously, since I was the person who was very much University of New Brunswick, I joined the Canadian University of Dubai. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because I'm looking at some of your points here. And your big thing is, you know, you bringing students together from all over the world. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you must love it. Still my passion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it doesn't sound like you're really retired at all, right? You're just getting started. Sandy, I went to India to retire, but retirement said, Mariam, no, head back to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear that about a lot of people, like especially people that are passionate and inspired about helping others in the world. Yeah, they, it's, they retire, but they really can't, you know, they keep doing what they love in one way or another until they can't do it anymore, you know? Correct. And my dad, it was my role model because, uh, you know, he died, uh, you know, got rest his soul in peace, but he died at the age of 93 and he Ooh. kept working till the end. Yeah. And he probably loved it. And he loved it. I think that if he could not work, he would just, you know, uh, kind of not be happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I asked a few people for, you know, to send me some questions for you. And 
a lot of your points cover it, but I want to dive into it because I can see we can, your journey, it fascinates me. And I, I keep wanting to go. And then what happened? And then what happened? But, <laughs> because I find it so fascinating. But the common thread that I find, which I see is also one of your tips, is you were given opportunities and you did the best you can in each one of them. I mean, you took advantage of us, whether it was your idea and you saw a need from the nursery school, there wasn't one. So, Hey, I'm going to create one too. I think you would be great at this. And then once you got that opportunity, you just kept going till you couldn't, you know, till you knew you did the ultimate best. And I think that's a big thing that was the ultimate goal because a lot of the kids that wrote into me said they find it. This is the question. Please ask Dr. Miriam. How can we compete in such a global market? They just feel like they're in competition with so many kids that are smarter, brighter, and have more means. I don't know how you would answer that, Dr. Miriam. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so I would say that, you know, this answer uh, can be multifaceted. So I wanted to say that, first of all, I want each and every one of you to be the best that you can be. And how can you be the best? This is only by making the most of every opportunity in your life. And I also want to tell these young students that what does it mean? What does it mean to make the most of every opportunity? So, for example, anything that they are embarking on, say they're looking to join a university or a junior college. So what they need to do is put their heart and soul into their studies because what you get out of your studies will depend on how much effort you actually put into it. So there is a saying, the old saying, which is don't work hard, work smart. But I don't believe this. I believe that you, everyone is surrounded by smart people. Everyone around the world is all working smart. So how can you be differentiated? It is how hard you work, how persevering you are, how resilient you are, how well you tackle obstacles that come your way, and how seriously do you want your dreams to come true? Mm. Okay, well, let's dive into that because we've heard this for years. Don't work hard, work smart. So, okay. I believe the okay. other way around. Yes. Yeah, I know. So, But maybe I had a different interpretation of it. Because I do believe you want to dive in, be laser focused, go for it and do the best you can. To me, I think I was thinking of it differently when I when they said, don't work hard, work smart. <laughs> I was, of course, in my brain, I was thinking of pick something you love and then it won't be hard work. Now, how I got that out of that, Miriam, I don't know. <laughs> do you ever hear that? If you pick something you love, it's really not hard work. Well, you know, this, this, this is exactly uh, me because I believe, you know, everybody asks me, where do you get your energy from? You know, so I say that, look, when I'm with my students, I become young as them. Okay. Age is just a number. And why am I so happy? Why am I so passionate about what I'm doing? Because I only accept projects, which I'm very enthusiastic about, which yeah, I'm passionate yeah. about because otherwise it's not going to be fun. I won't want to stay up till 12 midnight, but because I'm doing only what I'm passionate about and what I love, that's why I'm literally having fun doing it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. And I'm the same way, but I do feel that, which is the next question this young man asks, what do you do when there's nothing you're passionate about? He has to pick what college he's going to. And his parents like pick one, pick one, pick one. And he just wants to go in general studies because he doesn't know what he's passionate about. And his parents are like, no, you have to pick a field, but he's a senior in high school and, you know, he's got to go on to freshman in college, but he doesn't know yet. And I don't know how you feel about that. Yes. So I have um, uh, I have actually interacted with many students over the past years because, as you know, I worked in three different universities. And I had students like the one you mentioned who would come in saying that they're not, uh, you know, sure and they want to just get into general studies. Mm-hmm. I think I respect this because... You know, maybe he just doesn't want to dive into uh, an engineering or, uh, you know, a regular kind of program. He's looking for something in media, maybe something in logistics, maybe uh, it could be business, could be accounting, finance, and all, you know, different um, career perspectives which are available today. So I would, I would really request his parents to let him have a free hand. And for one year, you could do general education courses. And during that one one year, I'm sure if he goes to a college or a university where he is yeah. able to get a sneak peek into some of their programs, which might interest him, be it uh, media, film production, be it art, be it interior design, psychology. So he, that's exactly what I live in Dubai. I created a, a day in the university, uh, which you could uh, go ahead to one week where we allowed the students who were not very sure to sit a couple of hours and actually in a class and see how they felt about the subject after being there for a day or two. I love that. I love that. This is what I introduced actually in Dubai. And that was called, uh, you know, spend a day in university and find out uh, the program of your choice. Mm. Yeah. And you know what? I'm thinking about what I went to school from and what I came out and did. And yeah, there, I was a dance major. I didn't even know I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but there you go. Stu- yeah. Studies. It led me down a journey. And I think about, you know, some of your tips here for the young people. And a lot of people said, well, how did you come so successful in this business? And how did you do this? And I always say the same thing, Miriam, is that Whatever I did, I wanted to shine. So I waitressed for many, many years. I pumped gas. I did all these odd jobs. But oh my God, I, you I, are I, fantastic, Sandy. Well, I just, I felt like I had to be the best I could be. I just always thought that in my head, like I wanted to shine. And I didn't have this, I'm going to own a business. But when I did stuff, people would be drawn into me and say, Hey, why don't you start this business? We'll help back you. And I'm like, okay. And then once they did, I was gun ho like you, you know, it wasn't my idea, but I was gun ho. And most everything I've done, a lot wow. of it wasn't my idea, but if I loved it, if I was passionate about it, now I didn't take things that I wasn't, but you should write a book. I never thought of writing a book Mary. I'm like, I can't, they're like, you should write a book. And then once I did, I'm going to give it my all. And I kept saying to people, that's my secret sauce. And young people don't want to hear that. And I'm telling you, that's my secret sauce. I did everything I did. I either said no, but if I, whatever I did, if I was pumping gas, 
I was pumping it to get tips. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted to be. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and I agree with you completely because I always tell my students that make excellence your brand because it is only when you are excellent that you're going to stand out. It's likewise to what you said, right? Do whatever you're doing, but do it the best of your ability. Yeah, like if you don't want to work at the coffee shop, don't work at the coffee shop. But if you're working at the coffee shop, yeah, make people smile. You might as well. How can you make this day better for you? So I'm on the same page as you. Um, I want to get to this another question by this young lady because I think I know the answer, but I want you to answer it. She's considering going to the university and she wants to come to Dubai and her major is in finance. How do you feel about leaving the United States and how can she convince her parents to go to Dubai? (laughs) Well, I would say a one-to-one session with them them and me, a one-to-one session with her parents and me should do it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I want to talk about Dubai. Dubai is a very, very safe and welcoming uh, city and uh, and the UAE is likewise, uh, you know, a very welcoming country. So I worked very closely with Claflin University and I brought the, the students from Claflin, US, all the way to Dubai for one whole semester. And believe me, when those six students went back to Claflin, they are still in touch with me. It's been two and a half years and they always uh, send me messages, they, you know, connect with me on social media and they say, Miss Mariam, please help us to come back to Dubai, either in a postgraduate program or any other way that you can suggest. Because our four months in Dubai were the happiest that we mm. have ever spent. Isn't that wonderful to hear? Yeah. I've been around the world a lot, but guess where I've never been? Don't tell me, Dubai. I only was in the airport when I was going to Thailand. And oh, no, and- Sandy. Next time you're at the airport, I will come and give you VIP treatment and pull you out of there. You know who I met? I met, um, I don't know if you heard me, I was doing a keynote speech at uh, International Women's Conference in Thailand, and I met, and I met- Maya Alahara. Do you know her? Yes, I know Maya Al-Hawari. She and you yeah. were yeah. Uh, panelists at the UNHCR two, two weeks ago. Well, we became buddies and she was like, you got to come, you got to come. I go, I can't stay in Dubai. I got to go home. I've been here without my oh, son and my family. I was in Thailand for 10 days, but she was inviting me over and I never got there. And anyhow, we connected recently and she connected me. Let's give a shout out to Cardella at IWES, and that's how I met all you ladies. Oh, so we are so lucky, thanks to Maya. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, because she's like, listen, start with Cardella, reach out, and then I got connected to, you know, different people, and every time I talk to somebody, it's like, you got to come to buy, they're like, you'll never go home, you'll want to live here. I'm telling you, Sandy, I'm a living example of that, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, you are. Okay, so Miriam, in the next year, like, what do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? What do you want to do? Okay, so um, because of all the activities that I'm leading for students and uh, with the Expo 2021 coming up uh, very shortly in October, which is going to be uh, the largest one hosted by Dubai. And if you see the Expo Center and the way it's coming up, Sandy, it is 
spectacular to say it in one word. So there are going to be multiple pavilions and student empowerment is one of the main themes and on the agenda. So I plan to lead a lot of activities for students as being part of the expo and I'm partnering uh, with uh, some of the major uh, players in the expo to you know, kind of bring education pavilion to the expo as well from different parts of the world. And apparently there are going to be several thousands of jobs available. And we have students volunteering from the US, UK, Canada, Australia, just about every part of the world. Wow, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? It is, and we're- And exciting. Counting the days, we're gonna go and visit the expo site soon. And I believe some of the pavilions are already semi-finished. Wow, already? Yes, already. Because remember, it was supposed to be hosted last year in October. But then well, because of COVID, uh, they uh, postponed it by a year. So they want to make sure that this is great. And the other thing about Dubai, I want to tell your student who wants to come and study here, is that it's very safe. All of us are already vaccinated and everyone uh, is roaming around, yes, with masks, but, but we are open for business, open for work. We go to events, we're eating dinner out every night if we want to. <laughs> That's so wonderful to hear. Ah, that gives such hope, you know, that there's places that it's open and going. I'm sure we'll be there soon. Oh, you know what? I want to make sure I forgot this one question that this young man asked. And it's actually a group that I'm, I'm, I'm working with. He's 23 years old. And he's like, I'm not sure about the youth over in Dubai. But what are some sources you have to dealing with every day? He doesn't feel depressed. But he just feels anxious and not sure of himself and, and that it really it really has gotten to him being quarantined here and he's nervous about going to college and making money is there any resources or advice you'd have for this young man he's 20 uh, well well if he is going to enroll in a high school or a university or a college here definitely there are counselors on board as well as there are many private counselors available as well other than that, please tell him to reach out to me and I'll make sure he is never depressed. By the way, Dubai does not give you an opportunity to be depressed because either he'll want to go bungee jumping from Burj Khalifa or he'll want to go to desert safari. And his only depression will be wondering how to see everything in Dubai and how to eat in the, the myriad of restaurants. So you can eat every night in a new restaurant at a very, very... I would say not cheap, but very affordable price. So food is very affordable. Entertainment is affordable. I mean, if you're going with the kids and there are so many activities that universities conduct, like we have a whole orientation session, which uh, introduces them to students who are coming from different nationalities. They can start their own clubs. Uh, if he's good at sports, he could join multiple clubs. He could do swimming, he could do basketball, baseball, whatever he's good at. So there's a myriad of activities available. Well, that sounds like fun. And by the way, he must be going back late because he's 23 and just going to college. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, okay. So 
Although I know you've had a pippy, skippy, awesome, amazing year in the quarantine, what has been the most challenging thing for you? So quarantine, frankly, in India, I cannot, I cannot just stop talking about my challenges. It was extremely challenging. Uh, you know, it was very hot by the month of March and we were already into strict lockdown. So if our air conditioner, for some reason, can't out or our refrigerator can't out or our washing machine can't out, basic necessities, we could not get a service provider to enter our home. It was just impossible. And these things cannot be repaired online. So it was yeah. like so difficult. Also, groceries were not available. We had a, a houseboy who would go out at seven in the morning and there was only one grocery store available in our vicinity, as opposed to about 20 or 30 down our lane. That was the only one open. He would get a token at eight in the morning, would go back at one in the afternoon. And when he came back home, I would say, hey, so what did you get? And he would show me a bottle of ketchup. And I said, really? Is that all you have? <laughs> I definitely cannot eat that for breakfast, lunch. And oh, dinner. my goodness. I mean, it's not funny, but like, that's it, all that. And he had ketchup. Yes. And there was no delivery, no uh, nobody was, uh, you know, sending food out, no restaurants open, yeah. nothing. So we were like struggling, seriously yeah. struggling. The only yeah. positive yeah. was that I lost five kilos. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Miriam. There you go. You must have been so excited when the, you were able to get on a plane and go home to Dubai. Oh, my God. First of all, I binged on all the things I loved the most. <laughs> And even getting out of Dubai was so hard because, you know, luckily I still had my residence visa and it reflected as vice yeah, president, yeah. vice yeah. president of an Amity university. So I had to appeal to the ruler's office. I need to come back. My students need me. And that's how I was put onto a repatriation flight. It was horrible. There were 367 people on that flight with no social distance. I know. You know what? My son, who's 17, has a friend that's actually near Mumbai right now. He went to India because his his dad lives there. And they're over there right now for six weeks. But they did not realize until they got there, because he had citizenship, so they were able to do it. They did not realize how locked down it was. I don't, it's not as bad as when you were there, but still... Yeah, yeah. They're not able to They're get around to... freely. Yeah, and today I've been informed by a friend of mine that Bombay is going into another lockdown on the 2nd of April. And oh. I was planning to go home for at least a week to kind of check up on things, but doesn't look like it's happening. Yeah. No, Miriam, stay put for now. Stay put until things settle. You don't want to be over there for another seven months, all right? So just stay put. No, okay? no, no. Okay. I, I, I'm not risking that, Sandy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, listen, I could talk to you forever, but we got to wrap up. And I have to ask you some of my fun, rapid fire questions so we can get to know you a little better. Is that okay with you? Of course. Oh, they're fire, fire away. <laughs> fire away. Easy peasy ones. First one. What is your favorite color? My favorite color is pink. Pink. Oh, I love pink. 
All right, what is your favorite food? Oh, I love Chinese food. Oh, okay. What is one of your favorite hobbies that you like to do when you're not working? I love to read books. Oh, do you have a favorite book you're reading or a type of book you like to read? Uh, I like to read about leadership skills and how to develop that further. Mm. Okay, here's a fun question. If you were going to be an animal, what animal would you pick and why, Miriam? I'd love to be a cat because I adore cats. <laughs> oh, do you have cats? No, I don't, but I just, you know, I love Persian kittens and cats. My whole family are dog lovers. <laughs> oh. Well, you can come visit me in the U.S. We have five cats and a dog. Wow. Well, over uh, uh, the quarantine, just to, ha we were originally think we had three cats, but we were like, oh, maybe we'll get another dog. Maybe we'll get another cat. But then we found these, my friend found abandoned kittens underneath you know their porch so we just had to take two and guess what it's the best thing we did because we are having so much fun with these kittens they're so entertaining you know it's oh so lucky you just... lucky you <laughs> yeah yeah and a dog that we got a dog too okay now what is something say that again please share some pictures whenever you have time oh i will oh i'm going to share you a picture miriam of my five cats that my husband, because my husband's the real cat lover. I'm the dog lover, oh, but I wow. my cats. But I'll show you a picture of my five cats all eating on my white lace, Italian white lace on my dining room table that he feeds them. Wow, but they don't yes, scratch yes. it up at all. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, not on the floor, not in the basement. They have to eat in style on the dining room table. Okay, so oh my god, I know it's crazy. All right, now, what would one of your favorite days look like? What would you do from morning till night? Okay, so uh, I work, you know, six days out of the seven days in a week. So uh, if you're asking about my work day or my day of leisure, tell me any day. If you were going to close your eyes and dream about what would you do on one of your favorite days, what would it be? anything you can do anything even if it's not realistic okay so what i'd really love to do is spend the day on the beach and uh, go swimming in the sea and that i think would really make me feel refreshed sounds good to me is there is the beach close uh well we have the jumeirah beach very close yes and my home is actually in a golf estate so our home faces the golf course so we Ooh. see a lot of golf all the time. So that's why I said beach. <laughs> yeah. Wait, do you golf? No, unfortunately not yet, but I do plan to do that at some point. All right, you have time, you have time. All right, what is something you can tell us about yourself that most people may not know? Well, should I really? <laughs> 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 I was runner up from Miss India when I was 21 years old. Whoa, real. I'd love to see pictures of that, Miriam. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. Okay. That's one part that I don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. What would, ready for this big one, what would the word universe mean to you? If I say the word universe, what does it mean to you? My universe is my family. 
that is and amazing. my two grandkids is this you know especially them how many kids do you have how many kids i, I have two two children grown-up adults and two grandchildren mm. and you get to see them do they live nearby well uh my my grandson is now uh i'm living with them uh for a little bit of time until i move into my own apartment uh, but my granddaughter lives in Arizona, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her, inshallah, by July. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. All right, Miriam, it's been such a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking this evening to chat with me. But before we go, how can they reach you? How can they find you? Is there anything we didn't get in that you want to say? This is your time. Thank you so much. So I'm very happy to uh, provide uh, counseling, advice, and uh, any kind of visa assistance on campus, off campus, housing, everything, because I love to help students and assist them to reach uh, you know, the universities of their choice. And this could be uh, in the US itself, in the UK, Canada, Australia, and of course, Dubai. I can be reached uh, via my website, which is www.mseduconsultants.com. And I'm available, uh, you know, for consultation, uh, free of cost. I do that. And I'm very happy to help students achieve their career aspirations. Oh, I love it. We're going to have to chat more about what I'm doing to help the youth. Dr. Miriam Sheikh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. My Let's Keep It Real people, you know you're going to want to share this, like it. And you, as always, always are appreciated. You inspire me every day to rise up. I love you guys. And you know what I'm going to say. Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show, and remember, keep spreading the positive.